I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. We're recording. Hi, how are you? Uh, oh, how are you, sir? Doing well. Having an Americano. Oh, yeah? I'm, <laughs> having a, I'm having an ice cold bro. Yeah. You're having a nice muffin? Yeah. This is a chocolate chip muffin. Is it? You know, we live around the corner from here for like two years. Right. So... Let's make sure you raise your voice. Yeah. yeah. We live around a quarter for like two years, so I was on an Americano streak. Okay. <laughs> so, so, like, now that I make it all from home and very solemnly get an Americano, mm-hmm. I'm going to hit this, and by the time I get to Jiu-Jitsu at 6 o'clock, I'm still going to be, because oh, I'm straight edge. So this is everything for me. Yeah, caffeine. You're going to be all yeah, jacked just, up. Yeah, a little espresso in it. I'm nice. I'm all right, ready. nice. Joe Hardcore, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. No, listen, I, I, I've been wanting to... Do this with you for a long time. The fest is always the worst time. I never, it's and the I, worst. I, I guess, and I always say like, I could do a short something, but I could never give it full attention. Right, and yeah. right, you're never I, gonna. I ambushed Chris. Good, because he needs it. I, I ambushed. He's him. so stressed, and I like. <laughs> he is. I love. I love that he's stressed because I think about like, what's on his plate versus what's on my plate, and right. I'm like, how's he so stressed right now? Right, and and I and I know like, there's nowhere near. I booked maybe 25 shows in my life, and it's not, I shouldn't even mention that, but. I know what it's like. Yeah. Especially on the scale of what you put together. Especially, it's, it's a whole year in the works. I'm not going to bother you with my phone in your face. Hey, Joe, how's it I've going? Had, I've had a couple of those random kids, like, hey, I want to interview you. And I'm like, yeah. And it'll be like the most... The not, worst? Not, not even the worst, because everybody's effort's important. But, like, when you right. come up to me and you're like, who's your favorite band to have at the fest? I, it's so hard because, yeah, the answer's everyone. Yeah. And, and, and it's not a lie. The answer's everyone. You right. know, like, the answer's whoever's playing that year, I'm the most psyched to see. Of course. And then it's the bands that I always want back. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's I, I feel like if you're going to have an effort to it, like, let's let's do it for real. Let's let's go, you know, like, let's go deep, you know? Right. And, and, and other than, like, a show, where do I get... The, like, this is one of the reasons why I like to do this. Yeah. It's because I have the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody most people that you don't necessarily ever get a chance to sit down and have a cup of coffee with and shoot the shit with you know what I mean I mean besides chaos going around I do two podcasts a year I do the Ill Street New Podcast and I do the Boston America Podcast nice and those guys are Post American Post America I always yeah, that Richie. I always, without a doubt, will fuck it up, and it's either last, lost, or post. I like the Lost America podcast. It's in my, it's stuck in my head. But they're, they're the only ones that I do every year with for the fest. Right. And they're the local guys. Right. And I've done a couple online, and I've done a couple like over the phone. The phone thing doesn't work. I was for driving me. around on my car the last time I did one. This kid Jamie's actually pretty cool. Right. I did it on my phone. I'm on my phone and like. I will get. I will literally stop going to cheesesteak. That's yeah. me. I'm, I'm ADHD. Oh, yeah. So, like, hey, what's up? Oh, hold on a second. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a funny one because I'm not really focused. I'm driving in my car right. and chatting and driving all over the neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> it's a much different one, you know. Yeah. So before we started, all right, we're we're in Fishtown. You're in Fishtown. I've never been here. I'm, that's why, like, I was hitting you up. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I should head towards. 
the electric factory. I, I live. I live now in a different part of the city. This yeah, I get very first, confused. This is the first time I've ever lived outside of this area. Okay. There's a they, they call it the the people renamed our neighborhoods the River Wards, but like I grew up okay. in all the neighborhoods right. next to the river up this way. Okay. I was born two blocks from here, so like when I tell people like, okay, look us up, I'm gonna say hey, come here because this is like. We're in a beautiful mill that's gentrified as shit. And yep, nice. I was surprised the, when I came co- in here. But the coffee's fucking dope. The yeah. people are nice. Yeah. It's, it's a thing where, for people that aren't going to town, it's an easy, central thing. But talk about the best, but... I got a spot right in front. I got crazy lucky. People said that this... Uh, tra- they don't say the Charles Dickens name, Fishtown, but I think that's the biggest bunch of bullshit ever. Is it? <laughs> I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I don't even but, know what it means, Fishtown. It's, no, it's a wine. That street, there's a street long ways right here. Yeah. That's where the longshoremen sold the fish markets off of... Cause there's peers. And that's Fine. where it all stems from. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, no. It was a real industrial area, and then it was like, uh, like I have family that got here between like the 1880s and the 19, early 1900s. Yeah. Some of them were for Domino Sugars. Oh, Some no of shit. them were, um, one of them was a baker, and the other one was a tailor. Okay. And they're all my German side of my family. And they all were based in this neighborhood. You know, oh, okay. I have cousins that are still living here. Oh, so you, know, you have like, like deep roots in this area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I was born here. I mean, like nice. So, but if I would have told you to come up my way, it's like either weird gentrified shit or straight up hood shit. Right. So it's like, oh yeah, and I, I get that. I don't even, and I don't really leave my house. What neighborhood are you in? I live on. I live right at Mount Air, which is like the real Mount Air, where like they're still like. Oh okay. Is there? You gotta sleep in the bathtub and shit. I'm the crazy white tattoo dude on my block, and you know. I'm damn near 40, so it's not like I'm out on the corner going to right. the poppy store or nothing like that. It's not crazy like yeah. that. So, but, like, I don't even know where I could invite you up there. You know, right. like, I couldn't think of something. And then, plus, that puts yeah. you so far out of the way of central, this is a good yeah. central location. Yeah, I have no idea. Because I do this thing, because I was just, because I got here early. And I got here, it was, it was probably about, I don't know, 1.30 or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So I'm like, you know what? I do this whole thing. I don't know, you might see it where I where I superimpose pictures yeah, on yeah. other pictures, like the whole Delta Bravo thing with Danny Wood from House of Pain and all that. So a couple of weeks back, we just became a date. We just did a day trip. For some reason, we drove to Philly. It was me and my daughter and my girl. And I wanted to hit the house where Adrian lived, where, where Paulie throws the turkey out into the, into yeah, the alleyway. Right there. Right, it's on Rose, yeah. Rose Hill or something like that. So we drove down that block, and it was a Saturday afternoon. And I've been, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York City. I've been in my share of terrible neighborhoods. <laughs> so I'm ready for it. Dude, I turn that corner, and I'm just <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? And it bothered me, bro. It bothered me. Like, it was it was on, I, I don't really post, like, posts really on Facebook, but I, I had to. Yeah. I posted this whole thing because it bothered me. It was on my head for, like, three days. We got to remember... Systematically, this is where the people who suffered after deindustrialization right. were forced. I mean, they weren't forced. This is where we came from. You know, like that's why all these houses are small. The Philadelphia tax system, when they were building the house in the neighborhood, yeah, where they would tax you on how many closets or doors you had inside your house. Really? And they would tax you on how wide your house was. That's why. So they, all their houses so are skinny, skinny, deep, and three stories. They call them the holy, the, the holy trinity, Father, right. Son, Holy Ghost. Oh, no story. That's why they call them that. But um, I didn't they, know that. But all I say it's a row like house. I lived, I lived in three, yeah, the row homes. But that's yeah. the three-story ones. They call them that. But oh, okay. So, 
But I, I worked in three separate mill shops okay. in walking distance to here right. like, as a kid coming up. Okay. You know, like this was a uh, working class neighborhoods, and they, when the crack academic came, and they let the shit go bad down this way. Yeah. Not right here, but like where you went at. Yeah. They let it all fall apart because they're like, oh, it's Kensington, we don't care. Oh, it's brutal. Over Until there. 1999, when I tell you there was like, like, did you ever see the pictures in New York? They said, like, this is New York in the 80s. Like, oh, we didn't yeah. get here until the 2000s where they came up with, you know what? We're going to get rid of all the abandoned cars that are burned out. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's yeah, get you them. think? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in 98, I, I moved back down this way. I was living up, like, it sounds so dumb, but, like, our every neighborhood is its own universe. Like, of course. So I moved back down this way. I was 18. Uh, the L was on shutdown because the septa was on strike. Yeah. And it literally was every night riding through neighborhoods being like, this could be the one where I got, actually got hit. My, my car got fucked up a year later when the L was running again. Somebody hit me in the back of the head with a wrench. Really? Under an underpass right there. Really? I was walking to go get a part from the pull, pull it spot. Yeah. And I heard, yo, turn around. Wow. Hit in the head with a wrench. Really? Knocked out Really? They Knocked rob it. you? Or yeah, straight up. I was yeah. out. Done. Woke up to some EMS dude right in front of me there. They thought I OD. Really? Oh my god, hit the back of the fucking head. No shit. Uh, yeah, that big crazy. street, that big street, the big like four lane street up there at Lehigh. Yes, yes. In 2000 and, 2003, or was it 2003 or 2004, I got hit, blindsided hit. They knocked me almost into a house. Really? It was me, Richie Crutch, Big Carl, Strength for Reason, oh, shit. and Rick to Life. Oh and my god, what a, that's a crew and Rick to Life chased him in a minivan, <laughs> like 10 blocks, trying to catch him. Really? But I was I was jacked. I, another, I literally got gosh, I had to go to the hospital. Really? They had a dude blew the red light, smashed my whole car, destroyed my car. No uh, shit. That's but, fucking crazy. But that's what happens in that neighborhood. Yeah. Just crazy shit. Yeah, I was, as soon as I left there that day, a few weeks ago, because I, I wanted to take a picture of, uh, like I said, of Paulie's house or whatever. Yeah. I, was, I got out of it, especially because my daughter and my girl was with me. I just went back there right before I met you and I got a picture of the house. Yeah. Like, it wasn't as busy because it's a Thursday. That was a Saturday afternoon, so it was crazy over there. So, well, they, well, so they, they didn't stop and fix the neighborhoods. No, not at all. And then they came up with some bullshit 25-year tax abatement shit. So people in New York started investing at the end of the 90s and buying the house up. And in 2010, they're like, ah, I think it's ready. And they started. And and, and started. Yeah. That's great. As I was leaving and going back to New York that day, I texted Jeff Gavin. And I'm like, yo, I was just on like blah, 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 blah. (laughs) He's like, why? Yo, he he texts me back. He goes... It's a party. <laughs> I'm like, you think? Yeah. And he was just saying how it's just like how it's an open air drug market. He's like, did you ever watch uh, The Wire? And I was like, no, I didn't. But I watched a couple episodes. He's like, well, season three or whatever it is, like a zone that they make where anything goes. And he's like, that's Kensington. Yeah. He's like, they let everything go. It doesn't make a difference. And the police, every once in a while, when they get a chance, they'll get the bodies out of there. Yeah, crazy. I'm like, yo, man. They, I but never they haven't, I haven't but they seen haven't, shit like that. The reason why they're so out in the open is there's a railroad tracks. Yes. And they're abandoned. Right. When new people came in, they complained about all these people living on the railroad tracks. Yeah. So they clean the railroad tracks and all these people live out in the streets. So which one, which one do you want? Which one do you want? I know. You want, I, when we were young, we would write graffiti, go back there. Yeah. We knew what the fuck we were getting into. Right. If it was up to me, they should all just stay there. Yeah. Because I don't know how you fix that problem. No. I'm not a genius. Pour yeah. concrete for a living. I've yeah. watched this shit since I was a kid. Yeah. To the actual child. From yeah. everywhere under the yell, from this whole way, 
there's 12 stops from this stop to where the L starts, and it's always been shit because they don't care. Really? They don't care. Yeah. It's literally like, ah, oh, that's another problem. We have to, and then one of the most important mayors in the last couple of years actually became our governor. He, there was a really interesting political cartoon when we were younger. It was like a mushroom out of like the dead corpse of a Philadelphia in the center of the city. And that's what they did. They built center city back up. Oh, shit. And now this area is flourishing good yeah. because of that. But they, they said, you know what? We've got to make center city good, and then we'll build out. Right. And they're literally just going ring by ring, pushing everybody out. And they're trying. They're actually building houses. They're buying houses. Like, I lived there. I lived two blocks from there in 2003. My rent was $300 for a whole house. Fuck. The houses you in could 2003. buy. In 2003. I could buy a house for 35000 down there. Now these houses that were 35000 people are trying to sell them for 200000 Wow. And you got New Yorkers who are moving into the condo rebuilds for 400000 Oh, this is a deal. I'm going, 400000 a deal? Yeah. That's four times. That's ten times what we were paying for. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, forget it. New York is ridiculous, but, bro. I don't even know how I survive. It's ridiculous, yeah. It's fucking crazy. So Kensington has been like that, like for as long as you know, huh? For, for, for that's generations. Something that, that's something that Gavin Probably. also said. He's like, it's not getting any better. Well, because they're just going to push the people out economically. Right. Yeah, they can't fix it. Right. Let's economically push people out. That's what that's what me and my girl were talking about. We were like, like we always wondered, like when all these neighborhoods get gentrified, where do those people go? They move out more northeast. Right. So, like, you got to remember, all these neighborhoods were built small to support the industrial areas. Right. Affordable homes, close yeah. to easy to walk, to train. It was all built so we can work. Yeah. I can tell you how many factories that we used to work at, they're gone. Now they're this, now they're that. One's a parking lot. They built, they got rid of a shop that used to, I used to do um, line cabinetry, like, um, for Torrid, for Movado Watch, okay. for Burlington Co. Factory. Nice. There's like 30 guys. Yeah. Going, Jewish Lightning hit it. Now it's a parking lot because we'll make more money. <laughs> Jewish Lightning. Yeah. Of course. Oh, the guy's like, hey, you know what? I, I don't know what happened. I had a fire. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Be great. Let's make a parking lot and make a lot of money. Like, right. And, and so, like, I see, I watched the rebirth and it's cool, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't affect me. Right. You know, like, none of this stuff is for Union because it's all small residential stuff. Yeah. And I just, I don't understand, like, the neighborhoods, the schools aren't getting better. The schools are worse. Really? When I was a kid, I was a mentally gifted student. I was taught how to play instruments. Yeah. I was taught about the, like, the fucking operas and shit. Yeah. What were you playing? You, play, you were playing instruments? Uh, I tried everything and sucked at all of it. Yeah. Absolutely all of it. The only thing I was Can't play the violin good, Joe? No. <laughs> I broke my hand a lot. Okay, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yes. That's my that's my three. Okay. I can't I can't I can only do three. I can't my hands don't close that way. No, no? Uh-oh. I don't know why. <laughs> you don't know why. <laughs> but like the schools the schools don't have the money. My, my daughter was going to school up competitive. They still had nothing, man. It was crazy to shit and like so when all these people come in, are they just going to throw money in the school? I don't, I don't want to get it. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's a, a complex problem. Of course it's way is. beyond yeah. what I have to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Without I always say anything. I'm like, do I have to get up and still go to work and pour concrete in the morning? Yeah. yeah. I don't care about the set. It, exactly. it doesn't affect what I have to right. do. At the end of the day, it's like you got to do what you got to do for you. It's so I mean, complex. Everything is so complex. I mean, One thing leads to another. It's a huge web. I was paying... Nine fifty for a one-bedroom apartment, two blocks from here. Okay. Third story. It's basically from that d- door to maybe that nine fifty. And I pay eleven hundred. I have a backyard and a whole side lot. I have a fifteen-foot sunflower that's died on me. My dog oh, runs that around. Oh, that sucks. 
I don't know about sunglasses. The real one, it got big. <laughs> now it's like, tied on you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you did. You cut them down. I don't know the rules. I, I don't know the rules either. <laughs> Is it like some legal shit? I don't, I don't no, know. No, I don't know, but like, comparative, I feel like I'm in the woods. Yeah. I look like, I got a backyard. You know, we yeah. had a fire pit out there. Everyone was hanging like, man, this... I had these hipster lights on the one with one string of hipster lights. We're all down under it. Nice. Why not? My wife comes out and drinks wine. It's great. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, it's a crazy what the difference is, like, now where we live. Yeah. You know, versus here. You know? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like like I said, like, when I drove through there, it reminded me of, like, 1990, like, Harlem. Like, burnt out. In the just, 90s? In New York was still in the, in the 90s, there, the, it wasn't... See, the prevalence is because they're more out in the street. Oh, yeah. It's out in the open. It's blatant. But there was way more gun violence. There was? Way more gun right. violence. And well, you're dealing with a different drug. You're talking still crack Well, era. I'm just saying is, like, you're talking about, like, just because of the internet, I think the, the crime is different. Like, it was more out in the open. Like, yeah. straight up, people getting stabbed. Right. There's a funny um, billing from the early 80s. Um, a guy moved to our neighborhood with a son and they started doing illegal business in the neighborhood. Right. And they were fucking hookers and all this crazy shit. One day they robbed one of the neighborhood guys and my uncle and two other guys from other big families attacked the house. My uncle got stabbed, the one guy got his throat slipped and the other guy got And half of my cousins and my dad all got arrested on the news. It was like they were throwing rocks at the house. Turns out these were... Federal informants for a case in Connecticut that they put in Kensington. Oh no! So shit. here they are in Kensington, just partying and getting. And they killed. They killed the one guy, stabbed my uncle, stabbed another guy. And I had the news clip, and it was like McKay, McKay, Lowry, oh, Gallagher, like all, all the neighborhood families. Yeah, were all there fucking this house. Oh my god! Dude. And he, but that was like every weekend there was crazy shit. Yeah, you know, on St. Patrick's Day. We all came out with Irish flags and held them up and threw rocks at people and oh, did this crazy shit. shit. <laughs> Puerto Rican flag, we all came out with Irish flags. And oh, and my God. That's the shit that we used to do. Oh, yeah. When 9-11 happened, oh. Oh, Puerto Rican was like two weeks later. They, everyone came out with the Irish flags, too, and all the Irish were like, this is great. Yeah. You know, like, it was, yeah. like, cool to see, you know. Yeah. Like, and then... We have a Puerto Rican neighbor here, which they basically drive around in cars and honk, which is what we do. Yeah. And then they have the Dominican one, the same thing, but the, I, I didn't realize the Dominican and Puerto Ricans didn't like each other. Oh, no, they don't like each other. The Dominicans and Puerto Ricans are notorious so, for hating each yeah, other. So I don't know why. They did the same thing. They did the American flags. I'm like, oh, see, everyone. Is, right. It was really cool to see. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That's what, um, like... Modern day hardcore kids don't come from this, <laughs> you know. No, they can't understand it. No, not at all. Or they move down here and right. Like, oh yeah, we live in Kensington, but it's like, and they laugh about it. But it's like, yo, imagine growing up here though. It's right. a different thing, you know. Oh, like, completely different animal. I got bummed out that this little guy who used to sell uh, inner tubes for uh, ten speed bikes. Yeah. He's closed up. But it's like 80 years old, but like that was one of the last shops you could go to on the Ave right there. Yeah. You know, but like that is a shopping district. That was yeah. the first and foremost was a shopping district because you had mills and big factories. You had all the row homes right there, and then you had a shopping district so people didn't have to go out of their neighborhood for things. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking batshit over there. So what's considered the Badlands? Is that yeah, it, it I hear the Badlands, but I don't know what section of what neighborhood that is. It's basically an entire section just above where you were at, and that was because that was the original like open air 
but it's expanded. It, it doesn't expand, but like the, the same activity happens. Yeah. But like for a long time, it was a couple blocks up. Gotcha. And that was literally like I mean, when I tell you like, if, even now if we drove up there in the daylight, we might get pulled over with your New York tags. Right. Like, what are you doing up here? Yeah, of course. Because you're either copping. Right. You're doing something. Right. You know, and I'm just taking pictures of Adrian's house from Rocky, officer. <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's all what, I'm doing. You know, but like <laughs> that's how dudes like Gary uh, Gary Heidnick, the serial killer, got away with like catching prostitutes and killing them. Yeah. He's like five blocks from here because no one cares. Is that where he lives? Like yeah, five yeah. blocks from here? Yeah, five blocks up that way. Really? Yeah. That's crazy yeah, too. That's the whole thing. Is like because uh, they're like expendable. No one, no one gets. In my neighborhood, where we grew up, there was a guy named the Frank uh, Slasher. He was killing hookers. Yeah. And my mom was obsessed with the idea that we lived two houces away from this old guy Joe, right. who was hated the Freemasons. My mom said when he passed away, we were on tour that a bunch of Freemasons were at his funeral. But he was profiled twice for being this uh, the slasher. Really? He was an old retired dude who uh, fixed TVs. Oh, no shit. But, it but, killed, but they, I saw it on the news the other day about the Frankfurt slasher. I'm like, I'm not going to bring this shit back up. Wow. But you used to, I mean, there were a lot of people who died, yeah. and they would get found the next morning on the L-Track, just sitting there. Yeah. A friend of mine passed away. He OD'd overnight. He froze. His body froze. Fuck. The coagulation is, you know, all that, they just froze, and they had to wait for him to thaw out the barrier. No shit. You know, like... Damn, dude. It's just shit that happens, you know? Yeah. Get people get stabbed to death. Like, literally, guys get just stabbed to death, left in the street. The cops don't get called, or they call, they come two hours later. Yeah. You know, it's not like it is now. Yeah. You know, like... Fuck. It's crazy. So now... Since you grew up in this whole neighborhood, I guess I will ask a question, technically, I guess. What was your... What was the music that was going on in your house? My mother... Back in the day when you were a kid, what I'll was give the you, I gotta give you the biography of my mom real quick. In the, in the 1970s, she was writing graffiti. Your mother a, was. Yeah, with a crew, I love your mother. With a crew already. called the Hip City Swingers in 1976, and literally was listening to Parliament Funkadelic and like was like dance music and would climb the L. I can't get over that your mother used to write graffiti. That's heavy. I love that. <laughs> when, That's when, awesome. When Mackie met her, he's like, "Yo, you were writing the same time I was." Oh <laughs> shit! Really? Yeah, she was the same age. My job. My, my job. <laughs> but so she had me and heavy metal and stuff like that was around. So she was into like Billy Idol. She was into Clash. But she was also into Harlem and Longer Dallas. And then later on, she was into Ozzy Osbourne. And she, that's, oh, that's awesome. My oh, mom, you was, a great my mom was into metal. My dad was into classic rock and like fucking Jet Throw Tall. Right. But I didn't live with my dad for a long time. Like he was only in our lives till I was like five or six. Right. So like my mom went from, you know, live with my dad and there was. I remember vividly just looking at records. I can tell you, there's iconic records stuck from being small on the, you know, the albums on the floor. Same here. You know? Yeah. And, like, looking at Ozzy Osbourne records, Black Sabbath records and sure. shit. And then when we lived just under my mom, she was into hair metal. And she was into slaughter. I'm, not, she mad, was I'm into, not mad at that either. <laughs> That's awesome. So... <laughs> At a certain point in my house, my house looked like something out of a slaughter video. Oh, really? Yeah, and so like she just so then she was dating guys, and like that's what got me into thrash metal. My, I have an older cousin who his friends were involved in Dungeons Dragons, and they would hang at my mom's house so she could work Friday and Saturday nights. And she worked at a bar. She helped book bands at a bar. Really? And she hung out with dudes like the guy who one time was in Motley Crue. Which guy? 
Is John Karabi? Yes, the singer yeah. for a little while. Yeah, okay. well, his cousin was a really close friend of my mom's, and he was in a band here. He quit, divorced his wife to move there for that one record. <laughs> no shit. But my mom was really in that whole heavy metal scene. So, like, that's the kind of shit that would go on at my house. Oh, that's like, great. Like, between Dungeon Dragons, Waiting Up for Headbangers Ball. Oh, the best. So that crossed into starting to, you know, because obviously the crossover, some from Thrash, and then... Um, a friend of hers had a tape with Agnostic from it, Carnivore. And I started checking that stuff out, but they didn't have the cassette tapes in our store. Right. So little by little, that would like pop in. Yeah. But I was straight metal. Yeah. To the point where I checked out the Misfits because I saw Cliff Burton's tattoo. Yeah. Like, this is fucking hardcore. It is a fucking like, metal. This is fucking right. pussy shit. So and I didn't like the Misfits dude, forever. My, my, me too for a while. So, um, <laughs> That's so funny. It took me to see Sick of It All, Biohazard, and Sheer Terror out in South Street. Wow. By a lark of I saw the names. Like, oh, this sounds fucking cool. I didn't, I didn't really get it, but I'm like, I saw Biohazard on the thing, and they were in all the metal magazines, and I'm like, all right, I gotta fucking. And they were on the video was probably out. But yeah, like right before it, they were like really about the pop. Yeah. And that was my like, oh wait. And you gotta understand is before that, I went to all ages shows that were at us place where it was a really small club, and they had tons of Nazis there. And it was sick Holland shit, but we were there for death metal. Yeah. You know, I was a death metal dude. I was in thrash. You know, like my mom's boyfriend took us to see Pantera. I got to see Skid Row and Pantera on that one tour. We all went to Tower. Bill, but uh, that right. was uh, the Slave to the Grind tour. And yeah, Terror played a seated venue up here called the Tower Theater, and they ripped all the seats out. They ripped four of the seats out. Really? That's how crazy Pantera fans were. That's awesome. <laughs> but like that kind of was my thing. And my mom's one boyfriend took me to see literally everything. Like we go to see fucking Kiss. We uh, like we went to a lot of big concerts. Right. You know. But uh, the crossing moment for me was the Clash of the Titans tour, and I'm there. Oh. And Slayer plays, and the fucking seats are getting uh, thrown around. And, yeah. and my mom's like, "You're not getting in a pit." In my head, I'm like. I'm getting to the pit. You gotta. Three years later, I did my first stage dive during a testament show for awesome. Over the Wall. I still Over I still, the Wall. Yeah, like awesome. that's. I still, that's great. I, that's perfect. I still love like that's like that at my heart. Like if you had a, if I had to pick, I didn't come from punk rock. I came from heavy metal, Me but too. because of the time that hardcore came into my life, right. and the fact that I came into hardcore, and there was dudes like Jamie Davis, Dennis from Bad Luck, yeah. Jay Goldberg. You know, you're not going to hang out with them dudes and then not tell you to go listen to Poise Idea. Go listen to fucking Gigi Allen. Right. You know, like... Sure. And then you just get exposed to all this shit. And then half of Philadelphia were either old skinheads or former skinheads. So, like, you get indoctrinated in all that shit. You oh, know, like... Yeah. I remember going to the business. I remember going to... You know, like... That's the kind of stuff that we go see. So, a long-haired kid, seeing the business one weekend, going to see Fort Punch another weekend, but also seeing... There was always shows in this area. So, you can see Texas Reason, Mouthpiece, you know... yeah. And because I traveled, I got, I was young, you know, like, I had to figure, I was 15, 16, right. but getting rides to shows to, like, the pipeline, getting rides to shows to Middlesex County College. Yeah. So I got to see shit, that I'm like, oh, fuck. And it kind of fucked me up, because one weekend we seen Bulldoze, Lifetime, and Floor Punch at three separate shows. Ah, <laughs> and it's like, that's great. It's a great time for that, yeah, you know, man. but, like, it, that kind of crafted, it's kind of like if you ever see some of my bills are a little all over the place, because, I get it, though. because, you know, like, I'm, I'm inundated at all, you know, sure. like, yeah, like there's death metal I fucking hate. There's heavy metal I fucking hate now. There's hardcore music that I got. I can't really get into it. It all depends on what it is, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's certain bands. I'm not going to mention obviously any. No, bands, but, I mean, they're just never going to be what you want. Yeah, right. Like, literally, yeah, I, there's some bands that people absolutely love, and and that have at it. I love. When there's a little bit of feedback and they didn't even do anything yet, people are going and, crazy. And yeah, there's 600 kids beating the shit out of each other. I love that. 
not I mean, my thing, but if the kids are loving it, great. Maybe I'm not supposed to understand. I'm not as young. Maybe the, I don't, just don't come from that. The thing that real, the two things that really sparked me to go further was seeing Maxwell Penley at a place called the Forens. Where was it? Where was that? In Cherry, it's up on Cherry Street, in um, around the corner of the Trocadero. It was a really small bar. And we saw Max and Bellway, and there was not a lot of people there. And I'm like, you know, because of Jamie, and they were like, this right. is the greatest New York hardcore band. I'm like, damn, nobody came to see them. Right. So our band started playing there, and that kind of was like the first thing of like, this is how you get shows. But in Shadow the beginning, Realm? no, no, Punch no, it was no, the band way before this. Like, What's that? Can't even tell. I won't even ever say I the name. Why? I say the, that embarrassing. Like, it, it's really that bad. It can't be worse than Craig Satari's first ever band. No, but his Craig Satari is allowed to have a shitty first band. Well, I, well he, it's just, it's I, I, attack. No, <laughs> even that's even cooler. That's even Cool. I think it's awesome. You think it's cheap. But thankfully, we never made it to the internet. There's, I have the only VHSs of anything we've ever played. And you won't, and nah. no one knows the name except for the people involved. Chris and a couple people, though, and like old Philly dudes. But that introduced me to Jeff Stress from the Suburban Hoods, you know, 25 Life. Sure. The real deal. And the biggest thing is I got to play with this for you. And it was like, Chris and Dotto are like, yeah, meet long haired Joe Hardcore. And he's like, yeah, this is my shitty band. We fucking suck. We're never playing ever again. And they're like, really? And they're like, yeah, we fuck us up. And they're like, and that, like, I, I linked up, I started linking up from that. And then um, my mom hung at this Italian spot in our neighborhood it's called the Three Cs. And they gave us the hall to do my first show. Awesome. And that was the beginning of me booking shows. And, and what year is this about? I did the friendship stop started at the end of '95 into '96. I did my first show in March of '97. Okay. And the thing is, is like now, when you look at it, um, I would have only done that show. I was a 16 year old kid about to have a kid. I moved out of my mom's house in an apartment. I was about to be a dad. Quit high school. Got a job. I was like, this fucking sucks. I hate life. And my mom pulled the ultimate hookup. Me and my roommate, who's dead, Carmen, she got us tickets for the Agnostic Front reunion. Oh, shit. And that was the Christmas time 96. And that was like, I got back from that and was like, okay, I'm in. I'm yeah. not giving up on hardcore. Agnostic right. Front's back. Of course. But I, I, had, so I had the live at CBGB's cassette tape. You know, like, I had all that shit, so I'm like, I'm not. And you know, you gotta remember, I'm hanging out with all the like, you never saw Piggy Babies You don't know what hardcore is You never seen McGrath You never seen AF There's all these bands I fucking missed out on Yeah So like that AF thing Put me into full gear Yeah And then from that Two years later I'm on tour with Dysphoria As a roadie A year later I'm on tour with Punishment Right And you know So it's like 96, 97, 98 Was me young, crazy In Philly Then 99 Started going across the country. <laughs> 2000, I doing my band, and then like I was touring, working in either one of these crazy places, or doing stucco, or working construction, yeah, or on tour. And right. I did that until the end of 2004. I was in Punishment Shadow Realm. Stopped doing Punishment, started doing Shadow Realm. Got into a union job, and we do a couple tours. Got into a bunch of trouble, and then literally that was like the beginning of This Is Hardcore 2006. Right, and then kind of went. This is hardcore. We did a we did a Europe tour too with Shadow Realm, okay. a couple shows, and then from 2008 onward, it was shows, work, shows, work, shows, work. Yeah. So 2006 was your first. This is hardcore. Yeah, J J August 2006. Okay. The headliners were H2O and Fearless Vampire Killer Friday, awesome. Terror Sunday or Saturday with Donnie Brook and Righteous Jams, and Sunday was Blacklist. It was supposed to be their last show, and they said we're not breaking up. 
Nice. <laughs> of course. But for a minute, they were going to break up, and that was the last. Right. And that was with Star- Starlight. Starlight. Yeah. yeah. Nice Street. See, I, honestly, no one, honest. no one cared about us until we started selling out shows. Right. <laughs> like literally, like, and it was funny because like 2006, it was well attended, but right. it wasn't sold out. Right. 2007, I thought we had a better bill. And we had AF, All Out War. We had John's band, Blood Clot, with, uh, with Danny Rebaza. Yeah. And That's that Burn Babylon Burn line. Yeah, yeah. I oh, love that. love it. We, yeah. did, we did that. I thought that was a great show. That didn't sell out. 2008, we did better. And then we did 2009. We had Suicide File one night. I want to say, yeah, 2009, we had Suicide File. I think we had Chromags, and then we had Bane. And that was the first year we sold it. Oh, no, no. It was Four Punch. And VOD, and then we had Bane's first time they played this record in 2009. Oh, the next God. year, we did Sheer Terror on a Friday. It was their reunion. Saturday, we I did. I just it. recently watched that on, yeah. on YouTube. That was our first show. And, you know, I just, it was, I just recently watched that. Yeah, and it was like, I'm one great. I try to get burned. I was doing a side job for a friend with steps, and Ga- uh, Gavin was kind of like, I have my band. Chaka's got a side who wants to do it. And Chaka just said, hey, it's not going to work for me. I'm sorry. Two weeks before we were going to announce. Uh, and it felt in. Like, it felt like in. And a friend from Kill Your Idol was like, well, you know, Paul, he's practicing for Japan. I got his number, called him. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah, I guess we can do one show. Fuck it. Why not? Uh, and it was like the Hail Mary. Yeah. And from 2010 to 2000, it was 2009, 10, and 11, we sold out quicker and quicker. Wow. So then we moved to the Electric Factory in 2012. Yeah. And from 12 onward, We've been there. You know? It's fucking amazing. So this will be... What you guys pull up... I, I've, and I've, I've mentioned it... I don't know what... I've mentioned it several times throughout episodes. This is like... You, you like episode 123, I think. I don't even know. But I've mentioned it several times. Like, the shit that you guys put together. And, and I'll be honest. I was kind of late to the game. And I'm not sure... Well, I kind there's a lot of factors why. I mean... I was in rehab years ago and this and that life, whatever. And then for some reason, my first This Is Hardcore was the one... I just came for one day. I drove solo. It was Bane's final This Is Hardcore. Oh, 2015. Right. Sad. That was my first one. Sad. That was Bane, Misfits. The night before, Bio Bio has not played that day, too. The night before, Bio has not played this little, tiny little spot in Staten Island. The night before, I was there. I was talking to Billy outside and Bobby, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yo, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Biohazard comes on Billy sees me Billy grabs my my, my my hoodie And pulls me up on the stage And puts me off to the side yeah. of the stage I stayed there The rest of the night And when Bane came on I was up against I think I was standing right next to you And I didn't know you at all yeah. I was like I don't have a wristband Like is he nah. gonna like throw me I had no idea nah, I was more worried about how crazy like, Right, right This is about to go yeah. down So, so yeah Because you started singing uh, Count me out yeah. Right So I'm watching that And at that moment In my head on that stage I remember it like it's a movie I was like no matter what happens every single year from this point on I will make my vacation around this is hardcore and I don't care who plays it doesn't make a difference but I will be here every single day from now on that's what we were trying to do in the outset and what happens that's is what I've like, done so far since that night I've been to every single you know like if, if you look at it linearly 
I think now we're at 370 something bands that we've had across the 15, 14 lineups. So fucking crazy. And and some of these bands, people are like, who the fuck was that? And people are like, wait, they had them? I can't believe I didn't see that year. Yeah. And you know, um, I did a, I did a book for the first six years. We had it at the Sunlight Ballroom. So like, it's just all pictures. Like, hey, this is what we did. I'm looking at this in terms of like, this is like the best thing I do to encapsulate my idea of what, what I can do for hardcore. Absolutely. Um, obviously, it's not like when I call, every band says yes. When people are like, how come you don't have this? Because of I don't have, not. I don't have the ability. All I can tell you is, if every band treated this hardcore like Saves a Day treated this hardcore, yeah. I'd have the coolest lineups all the time. Right. We called them. They said, yeah, we can't wait. We're gonna fucking kill it. They That's stayed. Great. They watched Killer Biscuits. They hung out all weekend. Yeah. And there's a lot of more hardcore, way cooler guys yeah. who gave us a lot more hard times who are still haven't played. And it's kind of funny. So we do saves a day. You know, people gave me shit for it. But yeah, they're the always going to have those people but, that give you shit no matter but what. But they're you the have. band that believes in the fest, and they're the band that jumped on the ball and said, "We'll fucking do it." Yeah. You know, um, I got lucky also too because people started seeing what we were doing. Yeah. You know, Siv was a really big impactful thing because, like, you know, we did him in 2012. They were dumb doing. I mean. I'd like to say that in the next ten fests we'll do them again, but we've done them three in the last yes. eight, seven. We got to take yes. a break from them. But they're one of my favorite bands, right. and they're one of the best live bands in the history. They're fucking fun. I also, you know, I grew up at the age of flyers too, physical flyers. Absolutely. So like in my head, I start thinking about different lineups. I start thinking about like what would be cool, and I start thinking about like what old flyers did I see, and that's kind of how I book it. But like when we look back, like when this is all goes over, look back. There will be people who will more say, that was cool, or I've been there, or I wish I went more, or the people like, that made my whole summer. And everyone's getting older, so I don't know how long everyone's going to stay involved. But as long as we're doing it, it's going to be everything. It's going to be everything we can do, young bands, new bands, crazy bands, you know? And because it's funny, I probably could have got a lot of money and been bigger if we didn't name it This Hardcore. We could have put a bunch of bands that don't really belong. But the fact that we kept it at This Is Hardcore, it gives us a strong, hey, we got to keep it in this time frame right but, you know we did suicidal and power trip the same uh, so night you see like that's what that that's <laughs> one of the shows that i see i was like why wasn't i there why didn't i get there, there we, you know what's the weird thing is we had a we had i still have like a bigger problem breaking into like the older new york hardcore minded people that live everywhere but they're like oh i don't know about this because they see like five bands they don't like but the thing is is like yeah i don't give a shit about but that but the thing is like, when we did it when we were doing it yeah. you know like you would think someone would go suicidal Chromags, fuck! I want to see this. Yeah. And no matter what, like that year, suicidal Chromags back to back was one of the crazy. Then we did Gorilla Biscuits and Lifetime back to back with Bane with uh yeah it was like and then the year that we had the Judge, you know every actually that year we also had Breakdown, Four Punch, Crown of Thorns all the first year of the fest. Jesus Christ! On different days, like I I like the variety we do. Yeah. No, and I like it, but I don't have the full control of it. Like I wish I did and. And I think in the coming years you're going to see a strong Saturday, a strong Sunday, yeah. and Friday is going to be a smaller room because it seems like people as they get older, the younger kids are going to five fests now instead of two fests. Right. The older people only have one or two days, so we're going to consolidate it and do a bunch of club shows around the fest That's and then awesome. two main days, just yeah. so that way people who come out they still get their time with their friends and hang out yeah uh, so that's that, that yeah, I think that's, that's the way we're I can't say it's official but if everything if everything that I want comes out yeah. that's how next year's gonna be that's awesome next year's the 15th 15th Jesus. one we did 
next year's 15. Yeah. 16 years, 15 fests? The way it works is, and me and Sonny argue, and every I know, I know. That's why I just brought that up. <laughs> six, six, oh six is a zero year, but it's still our first year. Right. So, oh seven is our second fest. It's our second fest. So, you right. figure, last year we did 14 of them. I go on the, t- like, this is the 15th one I've done. I don't right. care how many years the fest's been around. Right. This is number 15 yes. that I'm, I don't care how you have to look at it. This is the 15th one I've done. Right. So, like, I've got, like, how many have I done so far? Oh, I've done 15. If I meet up to 20 or 25, I'll feel fucking like the king. But 25. I'd be sick. Yeah, I don't 25, know that. Dude. I'll be 51 that year. So, shit. no, 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 no. That sounds awesome. Like, I love the idea. Yeah. I love the idea of it. But it scares me because my hardcore heroes are just getting older. And the younger bands, the younger bands from, I'll even call anyone from 1990 onward, 1999 onward, out of the younger bands, I don't know if those band people are going to be around. Right. You know, like, I I was around in 99, I was around in 2000. Sure. A lot of those people have gone a lot further from hardcore punk than the guys that were in shows in 1980. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. And I think about, like, the bands, like, fuck, I talk to Carl Mosher all the time because he was in a band called Dynamo and used to bring Dysphoria to CBGBs. I always wanted to do Ice Man. I just never thought it could happen. Like, those bands we just never fucking could do. Like, fuck, it would have been fucking great. You know, like, like, and, and, and the archivists would be like, man, it'd be great if we did. But, like, also, I think Alone in the Crowd still worked better at the church. That was, was aesthetic. such a fucking great... And you know, I was there Aesthetically? That, night, that shit was so crazy. And, and I got a little nervous, though, because... It's a church. <laughs> it's a little crazy. <laughs> not even... That, no, not, no, I'm not saying because of the crowd. I'm thinking because I understand... There was a lot of older heads there for Alone in the Crowd. Yeah. But I was just hoping that after terror that that room did not empty out. No, they wouldn't. So when I saw yeah, it was people now. diving off the fucking stacks and yeah. everything, I was like, this is this the was greatest a, that, shit. This is the one I set. I was so happy This is the them. one set where I told everybody, I don't care who jumps off of what. Yeah. There's a show we did. It's on uh, Sonny's uh, videos. Uh, February 2016. It was Judge, Wisdom and Chains. You have photographic memory, yeah. bro. That's it was awesome. Judge, Wisdom and Chains, Scott's other band, Roll Be Free. Yeah. Mike Judge was very concerned that people weren't going to care. And I'm like, Mike, you guys are fucking killing it. I don't know. I love it. I love it. I love it. it. So it's on Hey Five Six. As soon as the Star Wars intro comes on, the first thing that happens is some kid jumps off the top of the PA. Of course. The entire show was overpacked. I pushed so many people in it, and that felt that was like my favorite hardcore show in the last twenty years. I'm here. Was Judge at the Church? No, Judge at the Voltage Lounge. We were pushing people. Jesus Christ! That's what I like to do. I like when it's tight. I like when you have to fight for that space. Yeah, man. You know, like um, I did a show with Terror, Hunter Demons, Maximum Penalty, uh, Mindset, and at the at at, and that's another. Show one hey five six and that was like grossly packed at Wait, the Barbary, the oh, down the street at the Barbary. Okay, two hundred something packed room, but like those kind of shows are so much more memorable oh, than yeah. the giant, giant, and and, and, and that's a, obviously a complete dichotomy from I booked this hardcore. It's like yeah, I booked this hardcore because I want to encapsulate a lot of different things yeah. and a lot of people come to it. But my favorite thing is a packed two to five hundred person. That's why the church is the best place. The problem is, is a lot of times we can only do the church two or three shows a year. Like right. We did Earth's Places here. We did Hello in the Crowd. I'm trying to pop out another church show by the end of the year. Right. And, you know, like, that's what 
where I came from, hall shows. So I, I'd like to get back to doing more hall shows, but we have cool venues here. We have Underground Arts, we have Creep Records. So I've never been to Creep Records. It's a small spot. Yeah. There'll be some cool shit coming through there soon. That's you know? cool. Yeah. I can never get I, I've always wanted Cotton Spar for the fest but it never seems to work out they're like one of my favorite bands yeah. I, you know like the shows I've done for them have been some of my just favorite to be a part of they're the easiest guys to work with Yeah. and they're just like such classy dudes like they're old they're probably probably the oldest of guys like the oldest people in the bands I've ever booked yeah. and they'll all go backstage oh, yeah. they'll all go backstage and we'll say alright guys time to go out and make sure we say hello to everybody they're just See, classy yeah, humans yeah classy shit yeah and they care about all the bands in their bill it's it's, it's, I love dealing with yeah. that kind of stuff. It doesn't always happen. Right. But no, I love, you no, know, like... It's kind of pretty far and few between, I would think. It, dude, the, the interpersonalities in some of the bands make booking bands together sometimes the hardest aspect. Certain old beefs don't let certain things happen. Yeah. Certain agents don't like certain... Ba- it's, 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 there's so many more things, in my personal opinion, that decides a bill. Right. I deal, and now I do a deal with a two-band bill... You feel like you have to fill that triplicate to get an opening band one, and it's, it bums me out because I came from handwriting yeah. bands letters to book them, or calling bands up with a calling card to book them. Right now, I have to with ask a calling them. card. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Or a dialer. We had dialers for a while before they went digital. Oh shit. These dialers, where you would dial the number and you put it in the phone, and it would trick the phone to be in long distance. Oh shit. But I used to punish people. I was an <laughs> ultimate young kid punisher. I used to punish. Um, <laughs> Everybody. Cold Front from New York is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. If they play now, I don't know if the Young Kids care. I still love that band. The, I, I don't think the Young Kids... I, I think they're awesome. They're I just great. saw that Overthrow Very play Long Island. Dude, because it's a Dijon, it's a Dijon band, so it has that... It, Dijon slowed down AJ's riffs yeah. and perfected... The, if you, you have AJ at full speed and you have Dijon at half speed, yeah. and they both mastered the spectrum of that riff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone would care either. That's such a bum out because... I, like, I have the demo I have the 7 inch yeah. I have the record I do like I went all out I used to call Nick B all the time on the phone like I, I love that uh, Overthrow just played in uh, Long Island okay they used to come to Frankfurt another hood area where I did my first shows and yeah. they were like this shit is fucking crazy out yeah, man. <laughs> but they love it like, this is fucking wild but they used to send us 7 inches we would buy I used to help when we do some shows we did Deny we did stuff like that yeah. we'd buy a bunch of their 7 inches for like a buck or two and then give them the kids and make your money back yeah just always do stuff to try to push to help out and get people coming. You know, like it's fucking weird. And it's like I'm not 40, but like like I said, I said uh, last year. Last year was 20 years of me booking all war. So I said to Mike, like, dude, that's right, dude. 21 years since I booked all war. And I said it to Dad. I did a show. It was Bad Luck 13, 25 to Life, All Out War, Death Threats first time. So you got to figure like 25 to Life. The first time they didn't have like the full lineup that they used to have. It was yeah. like, still good. But it wasn't like the old, old crazy lineup. Right. Bad Luck 13, one of their first like 10 shows, period. Oh my God. And they played three of them in that neighborhood. And the one is on video of them smashing all the mirror windows out. Yes. That was a Dutch club three blocks away from there. That's the one where they say, close the, lock the fucking doors. It was that venue, the oh Junietta Park. Oh my God. Okay. So, <laughs> the so opening shit. band is Jared's band, who I do jujitsu at his academy. Okay. Now he's in guillotine. Okay. Jared's first band with Max, who died. They were called, they, the first they Moya? Yeah, okay. they started. They were first name were going to be called Driven by Emotion. They changed it to 
driven by. Then they just changed it to Frontline, like it's two shows later. <laughs> nice. But that was their first show. Clubber Lang, the first time John Cooper sang, because he was a guitar player before. Yeah. So it was their band, Clubber Lang, Living Proof from PA didn't show up. Was Stanley in the band at that point? No. Okay. He, oh, yeah, Joe was in that yeah, band. Okay. He he came in, exactly, yeah. John John was the singer, Joe was in the band. And then uh, it was Connecticut's Death Threat. They never came through, but they just came out cassette tape. So fucking great. All Out War. And then fucking 25 to Life. And then Bad Luck 13 in a room. Maybe a little bit bigger than this space, right? Here. <laughs> That's nuts. Ceiling fan got ripped down. Of course it did. Giant fist fight between hood rat kids from Philly and the Nanico guys. Oh my god. When Fury of Five dudes started moshing, the whole place just went, what the fuck? Of There's course. nowhere to go. You got Stick Man in there? Stick. And it was Jay Fury, oh who's god. smaller, just a smaller, faster, and you're just yeah. like, you'd see him, and it was doing the alt war intro, and everyone just kind of was like, this is fucked up. Like, literally, yeah. and they were like, synchronized, and you're just like, yeah, I remember, I was 17 turning 18. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, this is the craziest <laughs> shit ever. I love this. Yeah. And then the night I'm, yeah. the I'm in handcuffs because the guy called the cops and Rick's like, he's 17 years old. You can't lock him up. Oh my God. <laughs> but that was what we did, man. Like, and it's like, it's oh, it's so 20. Fun. But it's like, it fucks me up. That was 21 years ago. It's scary. I, I still feel young. Me too. And then I went to jujitsu and they're like, oh, you're an older guy. I'm like, fuck you, man. Go fuck yourself. I can't believe I'm older now. Yeah. But I am. I fuck you. Like, Listen, I'm, I just turned 44. Yeah. And, but. I still do the same shit yeah. that I do when I'm 18. Yeah. For the most I, part. I think that hardcore has that ability to stretch out a person's lifetime. I and think that's so what, too. Like, like I say about the 20, the 2020s, I hope that those people are still around because if we're talking, it's 2020 next year. Which 2030, is, we're not going to have some of these bands left. That's the only thing that's literally sick. <laughs> like a bunch. We've got a lot of people not there. So, and I worry, like, I feel like the, the waves of hardcore are coming shorter and shorter. Yeah. So, but there still is bands. And then I think, how long did the American jazz scene last? Which is a surreal idea. And you're like, wait, wait, you're getting too fucking crazy. But like, no, but I, I, but I get the comparison. I get it. You know, like, how long does a scene last? And that's actually something that I think about now a lot. You need to take it? I can pause it. That's my work just probably. Don't worry about it. All right. I didn't answer your call, Jess. It's <laughs> all right. Later. Yeah, and if anybody is bothered by all the background noise, this is what happens when you do guerrilla podcasting. <laughs> that's it. But, so, all right, that's, 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 this is hardcore, unless you want to ask more questions. I don't know what else oh, to do. Because you were saying, you know, because all these bands, like a lot of you, like, quote unquote, and my, also myself, like, our hardcore heroes, like all these old, like, I, it's going to break my heart. I know you're going to get me sad because I, I watched the Godfather's video, like, was like tearing up, and I wrote a letter to Roger. Shout out to Ian McFarlane because that shit. Dude, and the thing is, that band changed my life. And that band, the reunion changed my life, and we're booking them. They're going to be here in like two weeks, and it's like I told them, and, yeah. Every time, every time, I actually see Prong open for Pantera. I saw Prong open. No, I saw. I'm going to say this was 1992, 91, 92 on Staten Island at this place called the Red Spot. It was in Rage, best band. The best fucking band. <laughs> and Rage? I have their 7-inch. Fucking love that band. Bro. Wish that people would care about them so I could put them on this hardcore. Yeah. Love I that know band. that. Did you Jeff? I know would love to be on that shit. He's on my Facebook friends. I literally love them. Bro. Really. Love that band. Love that band. Uh, they were. It's funny because I, I, a short time I worked for Met, Too Damn Hype, Court Magazine. Okay. And like obviously with the East Coast Assault stuff and all that. Yeah. But like, dude, and Rage had the fucking coolest sound. We wanted to. Bro, they fucking still do we shit. We went up. We went. I know, yeah. They, they got pretty active recently. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, I went up to the wave to see some show. I stole an old Enraged flyer off the fucking thing. I'm like, I have to have this. Yeah, it's a man. But yeah. I had Jeff on. Jeff's yeah. a super sweet on of a guy. Yeah. He's a school teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I, awesome. I just like, this is the sad thing is, is I wish, I almost need another fest that's like a small fest uh-huh. just for them kind of bands. Like, we'll do Enraged and Cold Front and like, because there's all these bands that I think at this hardcore size, the young kids are going to miss out on it. Right. But is there enough older guys that would come and check? I don't know. But I, I, know. I, I like, in my head, I'm like, fuck, there's so many cool bands like that that, yeah. you know, like, I... I, I'm gonna archive this, man. Like I, I actually, I, love all that old I throw, I, th- I threw a lot of shit out, and I gave, I gave away a shit ton of cassettes, seven inches. Because I'm like, well, I'm me not, too. I never had a house where I could like, this is like, I'm not a, I'm not a real adult, right. you know. I'm so me fucking neither. crazy. So like, me I have my friends who have like, this is my record room, and I'm like, bro, I'm never gonna be there, you know. Like, I would love to have that. Bro. No, I just do chaotic. <laughs> I want my fucking. I have shit in bins, yeah. and I'm like a fucking binned up dude. So like, I'm like, fuck, I know I have cool shit, yeah. and I come across cool shit, and I gotta get rid of. Like, I have all these old shirts, and now that I'm not fat, yeah. all my shirts are given away. Or right. selling for five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I just to, I'm not putting them on eBay. Fuck you. Here, right. take them, get them away from me. Yeah, Jeff Enraged. He lost a whole bunch of late. Wait until he's not fat no more either. Yeah. Enraged. So that show was Enraged Typo Negative Prong at the wet, at the red spot. Crazy. There's so much cool shit that would I'd love to see. You know, like, I just don't know if it ever happened. Right. That's surreal to me, because, like, a kid will come on Spotify, and they'll hear something like, this is the greatest thing everyone needs to hear. And I'm like, this band's so much smaller than bands that were more active, and people miss out on it. The internet is fucking with the algorithm. Sure. And giving, like, small bands who played maybe 10, 15 shows and no one really liked, they'd be like, oh, this band's really cool. Yeah, they sound cool, but, like, if you saw them live, you'd fucking think they suck. Yeah. This has nothing to do with Enraged. It's a, a separate... <laughs> it's, an, it's an issue that's mutually exclusive from right. Enraged. But, like... Absolutely. So, in like, more people like a band that sucks than a band like Enraged. And I'm right. like, this band actually played fucking forever. Forever. fucking cool as fuck. 25 yeah. years, at least. Yeah, it's fucking... It's, it's weird. So, it's and like... They played with everybody that band. Yeah, they were the hard band from Staten Island. Yeah. I don't think they ever came down here, either. I think they made a play in New Jersey. Maybe. But I, I don't think they ever played in Philadelphia. Yeah, they played, like, one of my shows, but that was in Brooklyn. Yeah. And he was even saying, like, our rare trip to Brooklyn. It's like... Well, that's, that's the thing that people understand is bands could be active for years and not have that many shows under their belt. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I guarantee you, Colt Fonts probably played less than 30 shows. I seen them out in the suburbs. Yeah, without a doubt. I seen them in the suburbs in Drexel Hill with Manball and Breakdown. Right. And I was like, this is the fucking shit. Of course. <laughs> of course. But, you know, like, but that was the summer of 96. So right. that's 23 years ago. You know, right. like. That's even crazy to even think about, which is fucking, it's just nuts. 23 years ago. So now. AF, you have your AF, you have even the sick of it all guys, even though they're a well-oiled machine and all that, and you have Murphy's Law, and you have even Madball, you know, it's, but they're a little bit younger, obviously. I think Freddie's stage presence is actually reverse aging him, because yeah, like, I, I, so vi- I seen a video of him, he's insane. I seen a video of him <laughs> in Richmond, and he looked like a 20-year-old kid, I'm like, it's not. at first I would look at it because it's an Instagram video, I'm like, Oh wait, it is Madball. <laughs> yeah. like, but that dude just gets younger and younger. But like, you yeah. think about it, like, um, who's replacing these? Bi- not, no not, one. Not replacing. No but one. Who's gonna? No one. Who's that's, rising up to that's that level? The, now? No one. Because that's the bands get, because the new way of the business-minded hardcore bands, they get in, they quit their fucking job, they don't play as much, and then they go from playing not as much to we're the next cool thing. We'll play for two years. Oh, that didn't work. I ruined my fuck you. I can't play it. 
the dedication to hardcore and these younger bands is a shorter span. Yeah. And they go all the fuck in and they go, I'm gonna do something different. Right. Where it's like, yo, fucking Manball was doing this shit forever. And there was years, their early career is longer than some of these younger bands' entire career. Absolutely. And I like I say, and, and it's not in to disrespect the younger bands, but like a band like No Warning has now been out more popular and longer in their second run than their first one. And that's a lot of bands. I mean, you can say the same for Judge, for Gorilla Biscuits. Right. But, like, Hardcore had a different weird timing. But I don't think every band needs to be a full-time band. And I think if more people were cool with just playing, and, yeah, you're going to have shows where not everybody's going to love you. Right. Stay the fucking together. Yeah. Do this because you love it. But there's a market involved in it that there wasn't there. There's a driving force from the record labels. Like, you need to be on tour. You need to sell these fucking records. There's a whole touring cycle, which means it's based around their records cycle so these bands are pimped out and all they want to do is be popular hang out with chicks which hey man god bless you but you know when we went on tour we were getting the gang fights yeah. hanging out getting in trouble we weren't really hanging out with kids right. off girls off the internet because it was right. no internet right and I think the involvement is based upon more egocentric shit like well you know Instagram likes and getting social media verification versus like this is what I do that's why Scott Vogel is super fucking important that's why Pat Flynn from Half Hearts remember yeah. these guys have been now multiple bands yeah. throughout the years and they keep doing it keep doing it yeah. you know uh, Lennon was in uh, Bliss now he's uh, in Ego Strike. He has a record label. Like a kid like him, I hope he stays around for ten years. Yeah, you know, give him ten more years of being in bands. Fuck yeah! I feel like certain bands get big for their time. Like big shout out to Andrew from Strife. Now right. he has his record label. He's still fucking doing it. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you need a guy to stay with it. You know, like Bob is my protege. I would say that he does FYA. This is his seventh best. I saw before, that fly. It's before ridiculous. that, he was he sang for Letdown. He was yeah. in Mother. Mercy, he was in Malice the Palace, and he was had a band called Beware. Four fucking bands in a string of fucking, in, a, in, a, in an entire time. Yeah. He lived in Florida for a year or two. He started that fest with Pat, or not Pat, was it Sam from Triple B, and Sam's got out of it, just Bob's since the second year onward. Right. Bob's at his seventh fest. Yeah. He's, thankfully, and now getting... fucking stacked. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is, like, even he... He's, for a young kid, he's been around longer than some of the bands that people are, oh, this band's so important. It's like, Bob Wilson's been in four fucking bands, and he's been booking shows. Like, like, I think hardcore, the, the, the sell of it being a lifestyle... And it being actually, you know, Dave Foster. Dave Foster was in a shit ton of bands. He's a guy from Cold World. And yes. before that, he was in Frostbite, and he does uh, United Blood. That's another dude who's been hardcore. Multiple multiple cities, does the fest, does the shit. Like, you need lifers. Yeah. And it's an idea to be a lifer. But it's almost mocked, like, oh, you're the old guy in hardcore. And it's like, no, that's what it was. Yeah, man. I had this thought the other day. I'm like, everything that I came from was because there was some older guy being like, check this out. Yeah. Not like, ah, oh, it's not really my thing, dude. Right. You know? Yeah. No, and you were exposed, but the exposure is different because their interaction with hardcore is different. It's not on, it's not in person. Like you don't just go to a show. You're like, oh, I want to see one band. I'm going to sit outside the whole time. We just went and checked shit out. Yeah, I can't tell me times we used to like. I went and just seen shit, seen the Murder Junkies without GG, obviously. Yeah, and it was still fucking crazy. Yeah, I've seen so many bands. It's like, oh, because we're to check out one band and you stay and you like all these other stuff. Yeah. Nowadays it's very buffet style. Check it out on Spotify. Check it out on YouTube if you like it. Yeah, I won't blame Sonny, but I'll say having the video archives 
it should push people to get out of the fucking house and support more bands. But I actually think, to some degree, it keeps people from needing to go out and see things. Because they could see, they could sit in their basement. And well, watch it, conti- it. it continues the process of well, I support it from the internet. And now there's a whole internet culture of people, and they chime in on everything. Hard because you're not out there buying tickets. You're not. You're not. The, you're not in the pit. Right. You're not, you're, where are you? Are you in the pit? Like you're not in the pit. And yeah, that's is it, would, they, would you even consider that supporting it? It is because the bands get their records bought that way. They get all their likes that way. Yeah. All that fake stuff that drives them. That fake stuff. Yeah. And likes but, and. But that's the stuff that the record labels look at, and the, it's so fire. crazy. You know, like I look like a dude like Adam from Ill Street. That yeah. kid used to mosh. Yes, I know. That's hard. He's in a fucking wheelchair. Dude owns more CDs than any person alive. I used to probably. I used to actually. Later. I used to. I used to actually own more. I just gave a bunch of shit away. And I still have a box of shit. Yeah. I'm donating to AJ from Face Rec with his uh, Far Crow Museum out in Pennsylvania. You should go out in there and do that one time if you can. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll make it my fucking, business, bro. Dude, that's literally like he's got. He's another great person to talk to. But like, you know, you have these lifers and they stay with it. Yeah. I see people like, hey, I liked hardcore for these six years, but then I'm gonna chime in and then I. You know, you hear the thing. I used to go to shows, but right. What's wrong with what's like? Oh, and then something bad happened. Yeah. At shows, I've been shot at, stabbed, fucking beaten with a fucking hammer. Um, let me think. Uh, concussed, jaw broken, nose broken, fucking. I can't think of anything, you know. But I also met all of my best friends there. Right. I met my fucking wife through hardcore. Right. I toured the fucking world as a piece of shit from Kensington. Right. You know, like hardcore gives, hardcore takes, Absolutely. and I think people want to show, get the adulation of like the instant success, and then when their band doesn't do as well, they break the band up. Like, oh, we're not doing as well. We used to let's break up. When it's like, yeah, every band has ups and downs. Of course. Terror, Madball, Sick of It All, all have records that some fans don't like, but new fans love. Yeah. I I think that the newer proper bands from 2000 onward, it's gone, you know? And I also think, like, the bands that got way too professional at the end of the 90s need to get off the high horse and be like, look, man, while people still care, yeah. we should fucking be playing. Whatever and there's that. a lot of plans that, a lot of bands, but then you have a doggy dog. They're great in Europe. They play here. Most humble dudes, John Connor, fucking most chill. Right. Fucking Jonathan even Eddie, Dan. dude, just say like even yeah, even Eddie, Eddie still doing leeway DIY level, you know, like Marauder and Eddie leeway playing together. Like that's what hardcore needs is bands to stop being like, if we're not getting paid this much money, it's not worth it. Because in ten years, if you want to say, oh, we probably should have did them shows just because it's fun, right? You know, like yeah, if certain there are certain wheels once they stop spinning may not spin again, right? You know. Yeah, it's man. scary. It's a scary Speaking precedent. of certain wheels that may not spin again, what's your take? Let's talk Bane for a minute. Okay, what was like? What's your what's your take on the uh, on Bane and and are they ever going to get back together? What's happening? Never going to get back together. Never. Never. Um, I hate that you just answered that like no, that. No. <laughs> No, never going to happen. They uh, broke up because the band dudes wanted to do it at a different level. Other band dudes did not want to do another level. And so the end result is that they decided if we're not going to do it at this level, we're going to break up. And it was like literally like a divorce between people. You were praying to God wouldn't happen. Yeah. Standing on that stage was so awesome and bittersweet. The final show? Yeah. In Boston? That was there. Yeah, it was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, it literally was the most heartbreaking, heartbreaking thing ever. It was terrible. I, I, I can't say that another man will touch hardcore as easily. I think that for their time, 
but that's another one like one you know like imagine if imagine, you've seen people break up you've seen different line, you know um, you've seen people break up you've seen relationships that should have stayed on but one person did something selfish I'm not saying anybody was selfish but I wish to God that they would have saw what they were and they could have figured out a way to do a couple shows a year and keep it going Right. I wish every band that could still play would just do a couple shows a year even if uh, the biggest shows even if you know the thing the ball doesn't move in because it's going to go away and it scares the fuck out of me thankfully I have jujitsu now I see guys that are in their 50s still going so I know in 50s I'm still going to have something to do plus I sword fight plus I'll probably find something crazy to get myself into yes but the thing is is hardcore people while you can fucking do it sword fight while you can fucking do it do it I have friends that didn't tour like I did and I suck at music I'm good at screaming I'm I'm great at knowing how to drive all over the country and the world. I'm great at getting in trouble. But I was never the musician. But I had to drive. These people go, oh, I can't do this because this. And now they're in their 30s or early 40s. My kids are growing up. Let's tour. You missed the boat. That boat's rolling. You got to roll while you can roll. Speaking of you sword fighting, what's the league you're in? It's called SCA. There's a whole different room. Um, in In the early 2000s, I saw some sword fighting while on tour. I came home. I got arrested. I was in trouble. I did this hardcore. I needed an outlet. I played Dungeon Dragons my whole life. I fucking read a lot. Right. I fucking love history. Love history. Right. Fucking, you, I, I read almost, right now, almost all nonfiction. Almost. Right. I don't think I've read a fiction. I, as long as Stephen King comes out with an anthology, I almost never read fiction. Right. And I had this opportunity to try it out. And it's been 13 years. And on and off, because I had to stop for a couple years because I was in trouble. But... I get to wear armor. I have a ton of amazing, fucking cool ass friends. We go. I go away to war a week or so after Penzik, uh, after after this hardcore to Penzik, and we get in some fucking battles every day, and it's great. Why aren't they at the fest anymore? The steel fighting guys are not at the fest because they're the armored combat league, and now they split between two. There's a beef. Armored combat league, <laughs> oh my God, right. and the armored combat. System or something like that. Okay. And the guys in the Knights Hall in Nashville, New Hampshire, those guys are doing their thing. I believe they're the ACS now. Okay. And they're still training fucking hard. They got a ton of guys. And then the ACL, which is the American Combat League, those guys are staying for it. They have the Night Fight TV show. They were all about the TV show. Okay. And right up to the time when we were going to do them, there was a split between them. And we initially didn't have the backyard on the Friday of the fest. If I've got no Friday, I've got no time to set up and build anything for them. Right. I didn't even. That's why the bar wasn't open Friday because we didn't even pull the permits for the bar. Gotcha. And last minute we got the permits for the Friday night there. And we're like, okay, we'll do everything. But right. for a minute, I didn't know what, how where we put all the food trucks. What do right. we do? Right. For, you know. So that's why it wasn't there. And we're gonna have to figure out who comes and who doesn't come, or do we have ACS versus ACL? I don't know. That'd be awesome. But the steel fight stuff came out in 2012. A bunch of guys from the SCA, which is Society for Creative Anarchists. This is the most punk rock shit you could ever come up with. In, 19, yeah, dude. <laughs> in 1967, a bunch of people met in a backyard and came up with a tournament. Okay. They all gave themselves like names like Sir and shit like this. <laughs> One person didn't give their names, so the, the person who was dubbed King knighted them. Right. It was the first knight of the society. 1967. Crazy. This, two years from now, will be the 50th Pensit War. Last year was the, uh, two years ago was the 50th year of our kingdom. It's the most DIY shit ever. 
the people in it are fucking pre-punk rock. Yeah. There's people that are sort of like I saw Sex Pistols and and, and and I seen fucking Dead Kennedys and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. And they're just into their own world, making armor, learning how to read fast. But there's people that learn different languages to read manuscripts to recreate and build shit. That's crazy. You know, and they came up awesome. with their, They are the proto-LARP. Proto because they were the first thing in America and like the first real LARP. Right. And tons of LARPing came from it. Now, when people say, like, oh, you're a LARPer, I don't go out there and throw beanbags. I don't right. talk in a funny accent. Right. My SCA name is Joseph Harcourt. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I wanted a name that sounded like hardcore and shit. Right. So it's a, it's actually an English name in the 13th century. Okay. My coat of arms registered to me is the Judge Hammers. Nice. With a fucking coat of arms. like, But, like... <laughs> There's a punk rock to making your own shit and yeah. making your own thing. All the events are DIY. Like, I, I don't help out with the events no more because it hurts my brain how far behind they are in technology. And like, right. I'm like, you do know I can build it, do a whole fucking fest. Like, right. they make a one day thing way too complicated. I'm like, this should, this is so easy. We can do this. Right. But I love being there. I love the people. I love the camaraderie. And yeah. it's like, Dude, you camp with your friends. You wake up in the morning, you put armor on, you go down to a field, and you're standing across 800 people that want to hit you with a fucking stick. You're like, That's crazy. Or you're in the woods, and you're going, yo, can you hear them? They're going to come soon to fuck these guys up. <laughs> Nothing. And, and it's cool, man. Like, I, I, again, I was a cabinet maker. I learned how to fucking weld. I love building shit. So, wait, you can make a shield. I can make armor. I know how to do leather work now because of this shit. Wow. You know, like, there's a lot of cool shit that comes yeah, from it, man. And it puts your head out of... What's going on in real life? Real life sure. sucks, man. That's what hardcore... Hardcore used to be, like, the ultimate escape. And I think because the interaction time is all social media, yeah. that people get bogged down in the yeah. negatives of hardcore. They're like, hey, if we all didn't talk about this on the internet all the time, we met up on South Street like we used to, yeah. you'd hang out like, hey, I haven't seen you in, like, a week. Let's talk. Instead of, oh, I tweeted you five seconds ago, or I texted you a hundred times today. Yeah. The over-saturation of digital information and digital communication has ruined in-life in communication. Absolutely. I get together with my SCA friends. We have a little Facebook chat. And we fuck around and it really is like I haven't seen you in three weeks we're gonna fucking smash people <laughs> and like you know back in the day we used to travel up to Boston for shows travel up for weekend I travel to Fall River just to sword fight we leave at 3 or 4 in the morning sometimes we get there 10am sword fight all day eat at a Chinese buffet and drive home that night awesome you know, like you still have road trip. Like that's what gets me to road trip. Oh, you want to? Oh, you want to go sword fight? Oh, we're gonna go play. Boom! It's fucking great. Yeah, man. Uh, but that was a society of creative anachronisms. What those guys did is, in 2012, the best of their group made a Team America for a thing called Battle of Nations, which is a uh, old. It, now they have a different thing. But the Battle of Nations still exists. Okay. And these guys went over there. One of my good friends used to be my squire brother. He moved to Sweden. He joined the Team USA anyway, and now he runs the Team Sweden in that stuff and even then their culture changed because that was like just a Russian thing you gotta see the videos it's fucking I got it I got it punching and kicking I got steel armor I did it in 2013 and I got a second degree concussion slammed on the back of my head I was out for three weeks of work and I said I can't do it really? the steel fight and all that is fucking great I hope everybody does it it's too much for what I do Oof. I just can't do it like, I, like at the time I was, my daughter was living with me like it's just way too much shit bro at the fest I'd be like but in between bands oh, let's go just check it out real quick yeah. but yeah, next the, thing you know I'm out there for an hour and a half yeah well that's the whole thing is it's crazy 
And the thing is, it's, it's a fist fight with armor on it. It's great. Whereas, like, for us, uh, the game that we play is we have solid rattan. It's like Eskrima sticks, like solid bamboo. Okay. Solid all the way through. It sure. fucking hurts. It's like a bat. I'm sure but it, it has. But it's flexible because it's bamboo. You right. wrap it in duct tape and, and uh, packing tape so it can't splinter. Right. And if I hit you, I have to hit you in an area, you have to tell me if it's hard enough in a legal area, and then you're dead. It's one-on-one, or we do battles, and it's one good hit kills you. Gotcha. Where there is like, I'm going to knock you on the ground and you're dead. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot rougher, but they're wearing different armor. Right. You sure. know, and, and it's a different game, but it's an offset of a game, and the guys who do it, a lot of them are from the SCA, but now newer people are not from the SCA. The word is bohurt. It's a, okay. it's, a, it's a European word for basically those kind of fights. Right. Russia, Poland, Sweden. They're huge out there. Okay. Those guys are so punk rock. They took the main countries and they created the International Medieval Combat Federation, IMCF. And now they do their festival in May out front of castles in like Portugal and Spain and Russia. It's fucking crazy. That's awesome, dude. So punk rock. Yeah. This guy, both the guys, it's a shame that they don't, they're not friends and they're saying they like business-wise had a split. One guy builds armor for a living in his outside in a garage. Been doing it for twenty years. The for other a living, yeah. The other guy uh, rented out a little mill and started training at the Knights Hall. Now he, now he has an almost an entire mill like this. He's got night fighting. He's got night fitness and his whole life is just training to fight but these are like top dudes yeah. it's great to see people take what they love and do it yeah. that's why I respect it yeah I think it's awesome I, I, obviously I really didn't know too much about there, it there's a whole culture in it and I'm it's like, sure I figured there was modern medievalism in America always looks different than anything else but it, yeah. to me it's cool man like I I, I I I grew up reading a lot of books I still read shit on crusades if you look at my YouTube it's like weird shit of either about the Anunnaki or new a new history of like oh this new dig you know like my friend from here he wrote an entire he just wrote an entire epidemic study of every Viking sword ever found really yeah, fucking super geniuses. Yeah. Because they do it at the time. You're like, oh, you're crazy. But okay. Did you say a new dig, like a new like, archaeological dig? Yeah, when they find shit, they yeah. say this is what they think. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, you know. I find that shit fascinating, too. When the, when the, when the dragon, when the, um, when the, when the dragon ship came, the Viking ship went down there, got a picture with it, like, had to go on it. Like, when did that happen? Uh, it travels here every once in a while. It just came to Philly for the first time last summer. Really? Yeah, these guys built their own. <laughs> My wife, do not get Americanoed up before BJJ. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late, sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that don't, especially hardcore, they're into more simple things or I would say... Things that like don't go too they're afraid to go too deep. Right. I, I have to go all the way deep. Yeah man. I go all the way in, yeah. Can't half ass it. Yeah. Oh that's awesome. So it's a Viking ship. They built their own Viking ship. That's fucking sick. It goes to Mystic Seaport and they travel and they live off of it. Really? Yeah. It's named huh. the Harold Farger, named after the first Viking king really? of uh, Sweden, Harold. That's pretty fucking crazy. But man. if you read history, it's awesome. when you read history, you understand so much crazy shit. Yeah. Kind of makes arguments on Twitter about cultural appropriation, null and void. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, it's yeah. all an amalgamation and shit. But <laughs> I was a nerdy kid, never won't be a nerdy person. Hey, you know, well, see, nerdy is, nerdy is a misnomer. It's like, hey, I'm, of course, I, I like to feed my brain with stuff that isn't. My wife loves the Jersey Shore. My wife does a Kardashian shit. I crap up at it. Right. 
But I really would rather be reading about shit or talking to my friend like, hey, I think I'm going to get this helmet that's more like a 12th century Norman helmet. And it gets like... Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It is. And meanwhile, we're trying to plan everything. Everybody together was going to meet in the Fairmont Park and fight because it would be fun. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. My brain moves too fast. I can't yeah, just be man. hardcore shows in concrete, man. Or BJJ. I like to have a lot of shit, you know? Yeah, I get it. Well, you said earlier, you're ABB. You oh, need to so be keeping <laughs> So bad. Always something going on. You jittery right now from your coffee? Always. <laughs> coffee hits me and I'm fucking set. I know, you're set. Set. You're going to go fucking clear house. Yeah. You're going to go roll. Oh. Like today we'll get there early and we, I, like, my hands hurt so bad from concrete that I'm going to be so fucking sore yeah. that I need like a half an hour stretch out time really? before that's why we go early everyone meets in the back and stretches and talks and goes yeah. over shit it's nice. cool man it's fun good shit different community all like you know but just punk rock you know tons of hardcore people in BJJ oh I see it all over the place everybody from Hoya to you to every, I mean so many people. every person should do BJJ at least try it yeah just try it yeah Go to two classes. If you don't like it by the second one, it's not for you. Right. It's hard. It's humbling. It fucking yeah. makes you think. It's not a goon thing. It's a thinking thing. It's no. a chess game with someone's body. Yeah. No, I figured that. I figured that. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's not really a goon it, thing. Yeah. I know. There's, you know, there's fucking the strategy. It's a, I get it, but I don't really get it, but I understand a little bit. Get on the mat, you will? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure I will. I'll be all fucking hemmed up. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's, everyone's hemmed up. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'll get in there like, yeah, I got this. Next thing it, you know, it's equivalent to like the Freemasons in that every person that rolls has gone through what you've gone through. Right. And you trust them like, all right, well, he's going through what I want. Right. It's a shared experience of pain and misery and humility. <laughs> and humility. But that's the bottom line. Humility is yeah. a good thing. Awesome, dude. Listen, is there anything off the top of your head, like show-wise, that you want to throw out there? Anything happening with Shattered Realm? Shattered Realm's going to play some shows. The biggest issue is that, on one hand, you know, I did the band because a friend of our, Carter, who's in a uh, payback and stuff, at the at my 20-year show, Carter can't have a fire. His family members died. Yep. And that was the second time I did a benefit. I only did that for him. Right. Before that, I did the Jake Abbott benefit. Bob Wilson called me. He said, hey, do you want to do this show for Jake? I said, I'm not doing a Shadow Realm. So we called it All Will Suffer. Yeah. Lewis, Pat. Was it? Lewis, Pat, Anthony did it. And it was cool. We did a benefit. Right. Then I got to do the benefit again. And, <laughs> and I did Tsunami that year. But no, I did the benefit, then I did Tsunami, and then I said I'll do the Carter benefit. Okay. That's the order. So it was right, Jake. Right, I, thought right, I, did, right. I thought I did the two benefits, then Tsunami. I'm, I'm mistaken. That's right. But like, I did, I did it as all will suffer. Then they were talking shit, the dudes in the band. So then I said, fuck it. I did Tsunami. I saw all off. of that. And yeah. then so then I did Shadow Realm as a benefit for Carter. And then I said, fuck it. We'll do hardcore. Right. The minute I did that benefit as all will suffer, somebody who was in the band for a very short time, uh, and a friend of theirs from Europe trademarked the name in Europe so we couldn't go to Europe it's like dude it's not that deep like yeah. I'm not white trash I, I, I'm a concrete dude yeah. I'm not trying to like now the band's back together I'm going to make millions doing Shadow Realm yeah really uh, my friend Shane from Chicago mm-hmm. in 1998 99 2000 2001 2 up to 3 or 4 punishment Shadow Realm dysphoria one of us was always playing right. the Arlington Heights the heist it was his fest it was a two day festival in a hall okay. he did the rumble we used to talk about it all the time 
he did the Rumble again. I'm like, yo, Shadow Realm will play. Right. So it was Wisdom, Billy Club, and Same. Shadow Realm. Yeah. Same. Drove out there just old school style overnight. They're like, why are we going overnight? Because that's how we used to do it. Get in a van, drive, go, play, Same. come home. Yeah. That's that's how I want to do things. Right. It was never a, I'm going to get the band back together and do this. But, you know, the biggest, most common mistake of the day is like, I'm not an original member. Joe Nunn is an original member. If you Google, now they need a Wikipedia that says Joe Nunn formed the band, but they know it's not the truth. Right. The singer of the band wasn't the original singer. Right. He was in the band as a guitar player. Right. So by the time everyone saw like us iconically playing, yeah. we were none of us were original members. And in fact, the lineup before only had two original members and Joe wasn't one of them. Right. So the irony is that people who are fans of the lineup that they think are saying this is an original. It's like, what you think is an original. Right. And we're talking about now 18 years ago who the first people were. And the thing is, I booked some of Shadow Realm's first shows with Eric Cooper, John Cooper from Cover Lang's little brother. He was a bass player. You know, like, I was friends with all the dudes in the band. Yeah. And you know what? Little by little, you know, on uh, 2003, Punishment, Twitter, Ringworm, our van caught on fire, came home. I was living in Kensington. I, me and my dad had a business. We were fucking fixing up houses, trying to save up to buy some houses, but he stole my money because he's come back. Oh, my God. Got back with my girlfriend, and they're like, yo, do you want to go to Europe? This is my dream to go to Europe, Shadow Realm. Like, no, can't do it. Why am I? Back with Sam. Got my job. Um, we're kicking ass. I'm not leaving. They're like, you're not going to Europe. I'm like, no, fuck you. So they got another guy to sing for the band. Right. He was in the band for not even a full year, and he gave up. They played Hellfest was his last show. So on tour of Punishment it was our last tour we were doing with Black. I was like, I don't want a tour of Punishment where we had a million fucked up members. We were never good. I was like, I'm fucking done with this. And Shadow was like, yo, do you want to do it with the band? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Fuck you, I'll do it. Right. So then I started doing Shadow Realm in 2004. Right. And we did the band. We had the shooting. It kind of fucked us up in, in America. The shooting kind of fucks you up a little bit. It kind of fucks you up a little bit. A little bit. We were doing Europe. But like, you know, me and Joe had a lot of headbutting over gang shit and fucking stupid shit that was going on socially amongst us. Right. But like, we were still playing shows. In fact, we were still friends up until 2010 when we had a Shadow Realm Facebook page with like 10,000 followers and they were, they were on my page. I woke up one day to the real Shadow or the official Shadow Realm page. I'm like, hey, do you want to tell me something? Now, I already got was getting emailed about European shit so I knew they were playing Europe. I said, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, just say you're playing a show. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're playing Tsunami. I'm like, okay, that'll be fine. So what happens? They play Tara, Jonan's now ex-wife or soon to be ex. I don't know the deal. Someone's under X, I don't know. She gets pulled off stage during Death Threat by Danny, who's a dead member of Shadow Realm, physically dead, and she sues Club Reverb. Oh, so God. she sues Reverb, says she broke her back, but she's running around two months later at shows all over the East Coast. Right. So Shadow Realm, Jonan, they weren't allowed to play shows because he fucking sued the fucking club. Right. You know, you I remember that. Yeah. I remember seeing so that. I didn't, not, know that well, I didn't know what yeah. happened, but so, I heard... But so, in the interim, before the lawsuit, they played the show at Tsunami. Yeah. I didn't go, but I was like, okay, cool. Then I helped them with the, the money thing for service. They played Summer Heat in Ohio, and I was going to help them book more shows, but they were getting mad at everybody over the back thing. They kicked Danny out of the band. They played one show in Europe, and then it came out that he was suing Reverb, and they're not allowed to play. Fuck. It's not my job. I'm not the one who fucking suing somebody. Yeah, really. And so, you know what? I've always played benefit shows. If someone said tomorrow, can you do punishment as a benefit show? It'd be hard for me to pull a lineup together, but if it really meant something to someone, we would fucking do it. Right. Literally, we would fucking do it. Right. You know, like, that's, I, I don't need the money. Right. You know, everyone needs money, but like, I don't do it, oh, we're going to make this money on it. Right. But, like, right. if I go to Europe, I want to just go to Europe. You pull concrete for your money. Yeah, it's really right. what it is. And so, like, I, it bums me out that that's what they've decided it was. And there's a lot of internet shit talking, but it's like, the dude in question. 
question who t- was one of Shitalkin was in the band for the least amount of time ever, right. and he was only in the band because I told them no to begin in the first place. Right. It's a lot of it's a lot of moving facts around on the internet instead of just being honest. Right. Hey, tomorrow play a show. I don't care what you guys do. Right. I don't think it'll work out for you. Right. But you guys can play. Right. You know, like, uh, and again, like, if Joe, if Joe wanted to do, the, if Joe wanted to do the band, see who wants to play, knowing that you fucking are suing the club reverb, a hardcore dude who owns a club. Right. You know, it's a scumbag yeah. thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not. There still is ethics in this shit. Yeah, of course there is. You know, and it's kind of cheesy. It's cheesy that they went to their first move was let's let's get the name trademarked in Europe, and then yes. the guy was sending cease desist letters to the Rumble, threatening to sue them. It's ridiculous. Well, it's the petty stuff, but it's that petty. it's absolutely. And when you petty. think about that band, like yeah, we were traveling around with a lot of illegal shit on us, getting into trouble. The that's the antithesis of what Shadow Rome was about. Right. So what? You guys get older, and now you're about lawsuits and hiding on the internet. Yeah, it's. Cool. I always tell them I'm not a hard person to find. I live in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's not you can't figure out what show I'm going to be at next. Yeah. And that's not like a I'll fight you anytime I see you, but it's like hey, if you have a problem. You know, like, I'm not a hard person to fucking look after. Right. You know, like, it's a sad thing. It brought the name of the band down. And, like, I see somebody on Instagram, like, I wish Joe would just do the Dead and Block stuff. I wish kids would listen to the Dead and Block stuff because when we were playing it, you know what people wanted to hear? The first record shit. Right. It wasn't like when we were playing it, that was that shit. Some of the Dead and Block stuff was going over in Europe and America. It didn't matter. Right. It was kind of, uh, right. I think I think some bands have one good record. And I wasn't on the great record that Shadow Realm did. And I'm not a pussy. I'm afraid to say, hey, listen, I wasn't on the cool record. Right. Hey, you know what I did? I toured from 2004 to 2008 with them. Right. We did fucking more touring in that time than those dudes did from 2001 to 2003. Right. Ironically, I also helped them on the tours before I was in the band. Crazy. Uh, the design for the logo on the record, you know, like there's so many weird things yeah. before I was even in the band for that band that it's really depressing that now that they don't like that I'm doing the band, yeah. that they're taking shots at me. Because, like, from 2001 to 2003, before I was in your band, I was helping you all the time. Right. We were friends. Now you're going to shit talk me because you're mad we're playing some shows. Right. You know, it's, it's cheesy. So you're going to be playing some shows soon? If people book us and it's not something like a guy asks us to play in St. Louis, it's hard for me to go 14 hours away for a single show, and I don't think we have that much interest to do a whole weekend tour or something like that. Right. You know, but we'll play as the needs there. People wanted us to. The one thing I wanted to do, we didn't have our drummer locked in. We got asked to do some shows at Manbar of the Year, and we couldn't do them. Shit. And it's a shame because I would have done that in 10 seconds. Of course you would have. That would have been, you know, like that's the kind of stuff we could do. And like we don't have a name, we don't have a record, so we're not like Europe's kicking our door down to play. But we went to the UK. Right. It was great to play the UK. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. Fuck yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. My focus is going to be Philly hardcore shows, BJJ, yeah. sword fighting, <laughs> and working on the Nest of the Hardcore. How many bands you got booked so far for this? This is ne- the next This is Hardcore. This is the new year, the new way. So we've got, I've got a queue of I know bands. I you have a few of them yeah, already. I've got, a band. said, yeah. I've got bands that we're going to do, and I've got, well, we're going to try to formulate how do we make it work right. so people aren't overstretched. Because I think at this point, all the other fests are two days, Saturday and Sunday, or Friday and Saturday. We'll probably go Saturday, Sunday, so we don't have to worry about the parking lot situation. We're going to add some cool shit to 
it to give it an extra dynamic backstage and different shit. We had we had uh, Sailor Jerry backstage. We had the photo we had the photo guy backstage. Joel Dowell. He was you awesome. Know, you had Ben uh, Ben backstage doing the chiropractor shit. Yeah. Like we're gonna add different stuff all over in this short time and then kind of truncate the fest to give the best of the two worlds. Nice. The same fest. Free show on Thursday probably on the ground odds. Well, we might have two shows. Might have a show Thursday. Might have a show maybe a show Thursday. I like the dance party Friday idea. Yeah. But maybe show Thursday small club like 200 person room and then dance party Friday night right. dance party was cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me Jimmy no dude thank you so much I'm glad this finally actually happened um, I don't know you want to tell people where they can find you know Philly HC shows at Twitter and on Instagram Facebook Philly Hardcore shows this is hardcore you can find us at T-I-H-C Fest Instagram and T I H C Fest on Twitter. Or are we this hardcore fest on Twitter? What are we on Twitter? It's, this is I think it's T I H C Fest on Twitter. I got it backwards. It's T I H C Fest on Twitter and this is Hardcore Fest on, on Instagram. Instagram. And this Hardcore Fest and of course this hardcorefest.com. We're gonna have a new website for the Philly Hardcore shows and I'm not hard to find. I'm Joe Hard the Joe Hardcore or Joe Hard I think I'm the Joe Hardcore on both, I think. On Instagram you're the Joe Hardcore, I know that. I saw it. And you're just Joe McKay on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it's not hard to find. There's and also a there's also a Joe, Joe Hawkeye, but there's a Joe Hawkeye fan page. So become a fan. Yeah, I, I was writing a lot, and uh, <laughs> when I was at when I was going through my criminal process, nice. the guy who was lying about me hurting him and suing the church, right. his mother wrote the judge every day and said I was blogging about old fights. Oh my! God. So my blogging got shut down. So. <laughs> And uh, then a white power website bought JoeHardcore.net Really? And streamed all of my traffic to a white power website. That's insane. <laughs> but I used to have the blog spot up. So right. if I can ever go back to the medium of that, I might try it. Right. But yeah. So yeah, white power websites kind of fucked up my blogging. I was, a, I was blogging hard. Yeah, blogging hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one time me and the juice forgot to renew it, and it fucking gets bought by a white power website. <laughs> oh my god. So, you want to end? You wanna, oh, I'll be on TikTok soon. <laughs> my daughter's on Get ready for TikTok. Get ready for TikTok. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you want to end this? I'll tack on a song, one of your songs from one of your bands that you sing in. Any song? A Shadow Realm song, whatever. Hmm. Throw it out there. Try to It's all on you. It's all on you. I, you know what? Like, I you don't have to. I'm, here's what I'm saying about Shadow Realm. <laughs> I like getting on stage and being super aggressive. Right. I love the song Our Time. It's one of the. I think it's the first song on the record. Okay. I don't think kids care about that. <laughs> like, I like that song. Like, so let's like, end with it anyway. Yeah, we'll do, yeah, we'll do Our Time. I like it. I like that song. It's fast. Big it's time. the antithesis of what the old Shadow Realm was, and we loved it. But sounds yeah. good to me. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anytime, buddy. Yeah. Okay.
Can you find nothing in your mind? Nothing in your 